and you can live in the day. All right, so last week's episode on Man in the Making, we did Meeting the Mentor. And Rokas is reminding me that we talked all about that. So finding your guru, right? And um, whether you're doing real estate, whether you're um, copywriting, um, starting a construction business, learning stocks, learning how to write uh, and write your own book, or electrician work, anything that you're doing, you're probably going to have a teacher, a guru. And so we cover on this essential stage of, of what that looks like on that last episode, right? And um, that's a special one. And I think I mentioned it's not common in the West. It's, it's, that's an Eastern thing, finding your guru, surrendering to their will, their instruction, Okay, so here in the West, uh, we, we, well, I guess we have listeners all over the, the globe, but in Western uh, developed countries, you have more um, self-confidence, more self-worth, more arrogance, more ego. So you have to lose some of that ego, right? When you're um, stepping on the path and looking for a teacher. Now, I like how crossing the threshold is next because guess what? Finding a teacher doesn't mean that you've actually accepted the teachings. Finding a guru, uh, a mentor doesn't mean that you've fully committed. You, you could kind of stumble your way up to this point. And this is the hardest part, one of the hardest parts, because gosh, you have to start losing a part of yourself as you cross the threshold. You have to um, start identifying with the fact that you know nothing and that everyone else knows more than you do. And life is going to hit you with that repeatedly. And just when you start thinking you get a grasp of what's going on, you get another reality check that you actually know nothing. And so in Socrates' threshold, it really, um, in his philosophy, the threshold idea never ended. You're constantly meeting the mentor and crossing the threshold and going back and forth, back and forth. And that's what he meant by saying, um, I know nothing. So everyone he met was his, his teacher and he was the student and he was constantly accepting that he was a vessel for knowledge. And the consequence of that kind of attitude is wisdom. It's just a con. It's a byproduct. Is wisdom. Um, we don't really force the wisdom. It's just by acting that way, we become wise over time. So crossing the threshold, I said here. This is they give examples of um, Frodo in uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, setting out on his journey. Luke Skywalker leaving his uh, home planet. Harry Potter gets on the train. Okay, so it's, it's when we set out on our path, I guess, crossing the threshold. Hush, real quick. <clears throat> so, I know nothing. That quote. Wait, is that exactly how it went? Socrates? Yeah, yeah, the Socrates quote. How did it go? Yeah, he would often say, I know nothing. Okay, so that's to clarify... 
a faster route to wisdom because you can reach it from personal experience but it just takes longer and maybe if it's unchallenged then maybe it'll be the wrong perception of the real world is this making sense or not yeah yeah i don't i i mean faster or slower is is hard to say but because if you accept that you know nothing then yeah you absorb the wisdom from other people or whatever is around you but then if you're stubborn you can still attain wisdom from personal experiences it just takes longer is what i'm trying to say yes yeah i i agree because i know nothing is is part of the path i don't know if it it's on these steps it might be the resurrection but the I know nothing stage is a complete surrender to that, that you're needing to be an eternal student in life or else you won't, you won't come out with this full kind of capacity. So if we get to that stage first, um, you know, and that's what reminded me of uh, Danny Miranda reminded me of that, that, that kind of starting at that, that student level. And he may have had a short beginning of where he was conflicted with what he thought he knew about life. But obviously if you listen to the show, it sounds like he made an extremely fast turnaround, a complete 180 and started to become this, I know nothing vessel of, of, of absorption of information. And that's the stage we need to get to. And that's, that's the most painful one because we get to it after we learn a bunch of stuff. We we learn, we learn, we we think we learn everything we need to and we're doing well. And then all of a sudden it's like the ego's final blow occurs. The dark night comes up and then, and then we arise realizing that, we can never know. But from the very beginning, it was a I know I know nothing. So it's it's a it's a final blow to your um, self confidence in the sense of of uh, finally figuring it out. There is no finally figuring it out. That that never occurs. That that's counter counterproductive to the way life was uh, designed. To, to reach an end state where nothing after that supersedes it, right, is uh, not possible. It's just not possible, right? So we forever, I mean, in reality, we forever meet the mentor, cross the threshold, attain the blows to the ego, and then repeat. So, okay, something I'd want clarification on. Let's say looking at it from a scientific perspective, there are some rules which are, I'd say, the end of discovery. Again, yeah. Well, even this science is, itself says that two plus two will always equal four. So there's no further discovery to that. Right. Well, science says, I believe science does declare that this is fact and truth until Um, a a new science emerges so we are going off of we are going off of that until part 
like the theory of relativity is the best theory we have. And if another theory emerges that does better, we have to go with that. But then um, when now, you have actual certainties, like in mathematics. Yeah. So I'm not, I have never thought about that. I know nothing really about math in a literal sense. But if there are, I mean, I, I don't doubt that there are things that cannot change. But what we're talking about doesn't need to really explore that that conversation, I think. Right? We're talking about the abstract areas of our mind, our day-to-day -day thinking, our very debatable and uh, ever-changing kind of emotional states. That's really what we're talking about, right? Yeah. So... Well, yeah, there are definitely other areas of life that that have much more clear um, methodologies and answers. And yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why some people become obsessed with math um, because Whoa. it's so what in a in a chaotic world it gives you clear answers, which yeah. Yeah, there's it's like, like a, a, a clear order. solution. Yeah. Yeah. There's no there's abstract to it. Yeah. There's rules for everything. Something has to equal something if you follow the rules. And something needs to, it needs to make sense, or else it's something that you're doing wrong, not not the math. And I think that's what like drives theoretical physicists and and, and mathematicians and you know, geniuses that, that, that love that structure because they know that it's, it's, uh, it's their fault. If something goes wrong, it's, it's, it's not the science itself. So that's all that's on one side of life for me. And that's actually a big topic that Arthur and I go through a lot is, is whether truth is kind of relative or not or truth is subjective. And then he has a hard time with that because he brings up what you're saying. Well, no, there has to be things that we all agree on that are unchangeable. And I I'm all fine and well with that. I don't really care my mind. And maybe that's because it's so true, right? I, I've already accepted that and I moved on. So my mind goes to abstracts. Uh, my mind goes to, goes to, yeah, yeah, we know that there's gravity and we're stuck to the earth and all that as long as it's spinning. Um, and the sky is blue. It reflects off the water. Right, 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 right. Got it. Um, when we talk about the stages of the adventure, we can just go straight to the stuff we know is abstract and the stuff we know is debatable and the stuff we know that is subjective. And I guess that's why I love psychology it's no one can say like oh this is how it is no one can do that everyone has to come up with their own theory and live it out and then teach it um, because one man right can be happy and another one can be sad and we don't know exactly why there is no formula to produce a happy human. If there was, we would be in some sort of strange 
robotic, colorless world like Gattaca, the great movie of the 90s or early 2000s with what's his name? <laughs> That's a great movie if you've never seen it. Gattaca. It's on Netflix now. Um, it's about a super advanced society, basically, where people don't have emotions and they don't show emotions and they and they kind of everyone is streamlined. You have a job based on this and that and all this. So we don't have that. So that's what fascinates me, right? The fact that uh, people can find order within chaos. And that's what we're doing, right? As a hero, we transform chaos into order. It's like touching it with a, a wand, like Harry Potter's wand has the function to uh, <clears throat> transform chaos into order. And that's the idea. Does that make sense? Yes. Ah, just some thoughts spinning, circulating yeah. up in my mind. <clears throat> no, that. what is it? What are they? Okay, so first thing to say is, what was the original concept? Um, it wasn't happiness, like a formula to happiness. What did you say? A formula Before that? to what? Like a formula to what? It wasn't happiness. It was something else, right? Yeah, it was it was happier. Yeah, it was happiness. Oh, it was happiness. Um we'll have to go back in the recording, but I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, there's no formula. That's what I said. There's no formula to produce a happy human. Oh, a happy human. Okay. That was I guess that's a bit different from happiness. Cool. So maybe there is a formula for a happy few human and it doesn't evolve not having emotions like in that movie. Well, that's um, my theory, right? I say that, that the greater like voice, there is no formula. But I, my theory is that there is a formula. Yeah. And that the formula that we're going through is the formula. Like the, these series of shows is the formula. <laughs> right? It, that, that's what we're saying. And it's really a call to adventure is the way to happiness. The, answering the call, meeting the mentor, crossing the threshold, going through enemies, whatever. Approach the innermost cave. So I haven't gone over all these, but but this is the formula. And Maybe and is, P yeah. Peterson would say, right, it, it's not guaranteed for everyone. That's another thing. It's not a perfect formula because it doesn't work on everyone. Um, and Peterson would say, uh, this is not the formula, but this is the best that we have. Yeah. This is the best that we have, just like capitalism is not the per most perfect form of, of government. But from what we can tell and from where our consciousness is, it's kind of the best thing that we got. Um, I don't know why that's so hard for people to agree on. It's like, oh, sorry. This makes a debate because everything has advantages and disadvantages. So people who... I think there's the more advantages. Yeah, okay. What? I would say that there's more advantages to capitalism than there is to any other... Look... I live, but that's in, what's to debate that other people then argue. Maybe yeah, other because, more. because those people haven't lived in any other um, governmental structure in their life and they're just right, reading books yeah. or listening to things or imagining things. I lived inside socialism, I lived inside of a dictatorship based on hierarchy and, and rule. I can tell you one thing that's not the uh, ultimate way to happiness. <laughs> Like, you want to go do something different? <laughs> it's not allowed. <laughs> in, in socialism, you want to own uh, 
uh, two cars instead of one? Well, you have to get it approved to, through a, a committee. Do you need the second car? Why do you need the second car? You know, you know that's not freedom, right? Capitalism says to each his own <laughs> as long as he can achieve it. I mean, really, that's amazing. I now, I, now the other, the most more enlightened form of uh, government and society and civilization is probably a mixture right? It's not just capitalism. It's not just socialism. It's not just uh, green energy. It's not just oil. It's, it's a mixture. You know, oil is a wonderful resource, but we shouldn't be dependent on it. I guess it's something you need to... Wait, what's the word? Compromise? No, uh, I guess compromise. I, I don't want to say categorize, but in a way it is categorizing people in terms of where they're at because everyone is at different stages so yeah. if you're able to yeah categorize them and then suit their category of needs individually then that would be a better system but now we have something more general for in a general sense and i guess a lot of those systems are for a general sense which is why you have all these advantages and disadvantages but then if there was yeah. a compromise then obviously yeah it's better yeah and so that's what that's what like the Supreme Court is for, like ultimate rule on compromises, right? Like there is an amendment to the Constitution, but the Supreme Court can go and case by case decide what is um, constitutional and what is not. And, and uh, then they can change something as the times change. So it's flexible, so things should be flexible. Someone shouldn't be so hard, fast to the constitution, like just because it was created. Okay, big deal. That's why there's amendments. And that's why there's different people on the courts to kind of have different perspectives and things like that. And it, that, it's very tough because it, it, if it changes, it, if it affects people's lives and stuff like that. So I don't know. We also have the choice to move or we want to move. Um, we can go, if we agree with more um, conservative philosophy, we can go to Texas. If we also agree with... would like to give some like real world examples. So for someone who has self-discipline, is a disciplined person, then capitalism is fine because that freedom benefits them. But to someone who is a slave of their mind, then capitalism can be detrimental because... As an example, if we compare TikTok, everyone knows. So in China, they censor the content. So it only shows classical type of music, educational content. There's no, I mean, they censor it. So it's beneficial to consume. But when there's no censorship, then you might be consuming complete junk. So that freedom can be detrimental to you if you don't have control of your mind. Um, so yeah. that's like, yeah, the what I was talking about with the different groups and categorizations, not everyone benefits from that freedom. Right. Right. Like, like the government handing out money to people during COVID people love that. I was like, Oh my God, wait a minute. Maybe the government should just pay us to exist. And that's, that's, um, that's like a socialistic communistic idea of, of, of government government takes care of the people and and you talk to some people and they love that idea but what but what they don't realize is that the government has rule 
over the people if they're taking care of them. You want to start a business? Okay, well, the government gets uh, a say because they own 60% of it. You own 40%. That's not capitalism. Capitalism says you own the business. You give the government a cut, but but only based on these rules that everyone has uh, kind of decided upon over time. And even those rules aren't that good. <laughs> this is a complete rant and like side <laughs> tangent, okay? But I think that's that's fine. Um, I, I don't have much to say about crossing the threshold, so I wanted to go to number six. Tests, allies, and enemies. I mean, it's so a part of all this. So crossing the threshold is pretty simple. It requires humility, okay? You acquire your teacher, that, but that's that's just beginning, right? The humble journey, because then you have to lose what you thought you knew. That was one of the greatest things I've ever learned in the monastery. I was walking down the road from my hut into the main building one morning, and I realized, and like it hit me, and I stopped in the road as I was looking at the ground. You have to live as though... Um, you, you you haven't learned anything. You have to stop knowing. You have to stop this process of thinking that you know something. And then you're forever this open individual, right? So then you have an openness or, or room left in the cup, as they say, for the teacher to pour knowledge in. And um, crossing the threshold. So that means you've committed to the journey, blah, blah, blah. Tests, allies, enemies. Okay, so part, another part of the journey is uh, dealing with conflict of people who disagree with you. The hero, they say the hero needs to learn who can be trusted. Tests might be barriers to uh, it's a bit solutions. Off, off topic. That part. What's off topic? The last part that you were about to read. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A looming court appearance. This whole structure was built for another purpose, but we're, we're just twisting it a bit. Yeah. So I don't know about this one a whole lot. What do you think, Rokas? I mean, tests, I mean it's yeah. pretty good. The, specifically, the hero needs to learn who can be trusted. Yeah. That journey. So, it's, so that's that a good applies. one. Yeah. That's a good one to elaborate on. Not a whole episode, but like, yeah. So along your journey, um, if you're wishy-washy on your I mean, all entrepreneurs can identify right now. Uh, you're going to be tested whether or not you should be starting that entrepreneurship journey. Um, someone in your life is going to go the other way. And, and, and it may be someone that you love and trust. And they're going to say, I don't think that's a good idea, right? Uh, someone is going to say something in the social mirror that's going to maybe bring doubt and conflict on you. Um, and maybe that comes in the form of a roadblock, right? And that's why you have to be, we're going through all these stages. We don't know what's coming up next, but for some mysterious reason, we have to have a solid core of mission, purpose, and, um, and intention. If we don't have that, if we're wishy-washy, like, oh, I'm going to start this, but I don't know if I can do it. That's not a good way to start. We want to be like, I'm going to su succeed somehow. In some way, I'm going to succeed. I don't know how. I don't know what that looks like, and I don't know how long that takes. But 
I'm going to succeed in one way or another. That's kind of how we need to be all the time, right? And that's really crossing the threshold. That should have happened in step two. Yeah, so that that's why number four is so simple. Uh, the hero embarks on their quest. There's not much to say, but the thing that to say about this is is the point I was just making. I think it's 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 crossing the threshold comes after the call, but really it's it's throughout. We're always crossing some threshold. We're always embarking and re-embarking on our quest. So that's why there has to be some odd sense of of blind confidence. Um, and the monks would call that intelligent cooperation, not not blind, not not. We don't want anything blind. We want intelligence. So there has to be some sort of intelligent confidence, um, where um, we're using markers, you know, that that gauge success. Yes, I started a business. Year one, we we haven't made any money, so I don't go around buying new cars. <laughs> Uh, I haven't made any money yet, but will I eventually make money? Well, does this business have a five-year road uh, road plan? What is what am I trying roadmap. to say? Yeah, roadmap. It, it, does it have a five-year roadmap, not a one-year roadmap? Probably. Let's see how we do um, over the years, adjust spending and budgets accordingly, and hey. There's nothing wrong in getting another job while you run your business, by the way. I hate the fact that people are all about starting a business and yet um, they feel like you can't work for someone else. It's like, well, that's crazy. The, the best way to reduce risk and, and, and higher probabilities, increased probabilities of success is if you have another source of income while you start your risky business. Uh, so, I mean, by all means, get a job while you start your business or whatever. I mean, but then you can say, Rokas, well, I'm not fully in at that moment, right? And it's like, maybe there's no fire underneath me and stuff like that. So I agree with that too. I agree with everything. I, I would just say. You know nothing, so you agree with everything. <laughs> I really do agree with both perspectives. Yes, I think you should ha probably have another job while you do the thing side thing it's a balance because it depends on the person yeah it really depends you can't yeah i can't say one or the other is perfect for everyone i think both are true at the same time and i think two things can be true at the same time um so yes you can do all of this while you have a job or yeah you can definitely go all in and risk it all and i love that style too i've used both i've used both I had an I had a job while I learned trading. I I had a I was a personal trainer while I was using my while I had a therapeutic uh, per performance coaching practice. I mean they were kind of one and the same thing. Um, but I I always had a stable income while I did something different. Right now, I don't. Right now, I'm 100 percent um, self sufficient. Whatever I make is all I get. Right. Um, no one is giving me a paycheck every two weeks. I've never had more money before. So, so I needed, but I needed that stable income and Hey, it's 2022. If, if in 2023, 
for some reason things don't look good, like I'll, I'm happy to get a job. Like if things don't work out, I'm happy to um, help provide and secure my family. If Helena's businesses go under all of a sudden, um, if, if for some reason the bear market continues and, or goes sideways, God forbid, and there is no up or down in the market. Right. And no one makes money. Well, well I'll put my resume in somewhere and, and I'll try to get a job where I can survive and, and until, uh, um, things show otherwise there's, I don't, I don't care. I don't find any shame in that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that makes me less of a person, less of a fighter, less of an entrepreneur. It, it just means that, um, it's just not working out and, and you have to pivot. And that's part of being an entrepreneur is the ability to pivot and see when you need to pivot. That's why I went from Denver to Colorado. I had to pivot. I saw a year over year decline in profitability. And I felt something was off. And that was um, like that feeling was about three weeks from the first uh, lockdown. So I could sense like that something was coming that was not good for my business. And I was right. So sometimes we have senses and intuitions and we're right. Sometimes we're wrong. It's almost like everything in that's real in, in trading stocks is also real in life. Like sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. Risk management is the most important thing and you never get afraid and you just keep trying. You keep trying. And I was listening to a, a podcast from Peterson the other day and he was talking about the entrepreneur mindset. Uh, and, and really entrepreneurs aren't like hundred percent successful people. So they start businesses and they succeed and make a lot of money. Entrepreneurs are mostly just creative people who constantly create something and they, and they never stop trying and without creativity, they don't feel as motivated to be alive. So that's yep. all. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no success baked into entrepreneurship. What is baked in is the ability to create, the need to create, and the, and the feeling that if you're not creating, you're not living up to your full potential. So um, that's all it is. And, and like Helena is a 150% entrepreneur through and throughout, was just born that way. She cannot, for the life of her, be happy and work for someone else at the same time. She has to be doing something that she started and that she, that sustains by her in breath and out breath. And uh, it's just how she's made. I'm like 50, 50. I can go either way. If I get a good job, I would take that. If trading works, I'll take that. Whatever. As long as I can like continue to kind of talk about these kind of things, I think I'm happy. Uh, Belly of the whale is the next step. Uh, I like that, that phrase a lot. The hero crosses the point of no return and encounters the first major obstacle. So we've kind of already talked about this. The first major obstacle. Notice the language there. The first major obstacle. They're because not talking there will about be many. Yes. Yeah. But they're not talking about the small things. Right. And that's why we can't use the coffee example in this because that's a small thing. The coffee example is a few episodes ago, so listen to that. Uh, the I first mean, in the, 
in that smaller scope, it could be the major thing. What? In that smaller scope, it could still be the major thing. In that small, what are you saying? Smaller scope. Oh, smaller scope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. First it's just, major obstacle. Wait, what? No, go ahead. I'm, in the yeah, so I was saying in the first major scope is that what I said? Wow, because now saying it again, it does sound bad. So in the first major scope, um, wait, what? But major, okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm I'm actually You're getting, getting my stuck on this word now. scope, and I'm like, um, nothing says scope. In the smaller, so there we go, there we go. So in this smaller scope of the coffee example, <laughs> it could still be a major thing. And why I said, when you said major obstacle, why I said, because there will be other obstacles is because of the next part, which says, um, often the hero fails at least one of these tests because there will be multiple things that come up. Road, the Rokas is, is, is talking about the next step, the road of trials. The hero must go through a series of tests or ordeals to begin his transformation. Often the hero fails at least one of these tests. Yeah, another ongoing, another ongoing thing. Op, major obstacles, series of tests, ordeals to begin full transformation, begin his transformation. And we've kind of been talking about that the whole time. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, and that's a good one to kind of end on is that we've done all these things up to this point, which were obstacles in, in and of themselves. But there's a difference when we decide to do something consciously. Everything kind of works to get to that point, And then everything fails or it looks like it's not going to work. That's the first major obstacle. It's when we, we've consciously started the project and then we're like, oh, wait, this actually isn't going that well. This might not be what I thought it was. That is the first major obstacle. It's so, not so. the major obstacle of every other step before it, which was a major obstacle. You understand? You, you see what I'm saying? Am I clearly outlining the distinction yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> of the belly of the whale and the road of trials? But I still want to um, link it to your coffee example. So it's like <laughs> if you if you drop the cup of coffee and then you're going to pick it up and you, you start using your fingers and you get a cut and then you realize, oh, wait, this isn't going to work. I can't use my fingers to pick this up. I need to yeah. go get a dustpan and brush. I need to approach this differently. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's it. I'll, I'll take it even. <laughs> I'll take it even a step further, like beyond the cut. Like, okay, okay you get you start to like enjoy coffee as a concept and then you find out like from your doctor that you're allergic to coffee oh and it's like you will you cannot drink coffee or else you'll die that (laughs) is the first major obstacle (laughs) and then you look for different things and you realize oh i just need to drink decaf coffee it's not as bad as i thought yeah 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 exactly (laughs) Maybe you're too focused on coffee. It's not just, or like entrepreneurship, right? (laughs) I'm going to start this business and I'm going to succeed at it. I'm going to meet a mentor and stuff like that. And it doesn't work out. Okay. Totally happens to every entrepreneur. The funny thing is because the mind will then go, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not cut out for entrepreneurship. But what is the reality of the situation? That 
using a trading example, um, you may have the right system, but it doesn't work 100% of the time. Even if, yeah. it, let's say, even if it works 90% of the time, which is rare, there'll still be that 10% that it doesn't work. But that doesn't mean that you've done something wrong. It just means maybe the circumstances were wrong or yes. something else. Precisely. It's, so it, you can't I, use an all or nothing perspective. You have to say, well, hang on a second. No, I am meant for this, but I'm just, maybe I'm meant for something slightly different in the same field, or maybe I'm selling the wrong product. I want to sell something, but maybe I'm selling the wrong product. I want to make something, but I didn't get any sales on the first thing. Maybe I'm making the wrong thing. I need to just make something else. It's not that I can't make anything and sell it. Price discovery is another major milestone in, in entrepreneurship or, or salesmanship or marketing. Price discovery. You may sell something. You may sell nothing at, at $49.99. But maybe you make a killing at $39.99. It, it's just, you don't know. You have to try. The, the, the psychology of, of price points is a study in and of itself for a lifetime. Um, and, and as long as, I mean, you have to at least make sure the buyer or the, or, the, or the client feels like they're getting a discount. The discount is like numero uno, right? But, but also the, the psychology of the numbers, sevens, nines, et cetera. And, and you know, uh, market research. So you, you can't get caught up on... on ultimate failure you know it's probably just a tweak here and there and then success um, comes after that and that's on the road so on the in the in the full scale um, mythological idea of climbing the mountain in terms of relating that to our challenges in life or our, our missions uh, it's it's most difficult at the top. Like it, it gets hardest right when you're there about to uh, be successful is when it gets the most difficult. So uh, they say it's the steep, uh, the 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 peak. It, what do they say? The the summit is the uh, the steepest. So right before you get to the peak is the summit, and it's just you know it's the steepest part of a peak yeah it comes down to detaching from the outcome just like in trading yeah yeah now that's a difficult concept so we we'll elaborate on that rokas but it's what you were just talking about so in terms of emotions you detach from the outcome so i mean how do i elaborate if this is me summing up what you've just been, some of the things you've just been speaking about. Well, I didn't, I didn't really go over probabilities. I don't think too much, but, but detachment of the outcome requires you to think in probabilities or scenarios, not in specific uh, outcomes in, in one-off situations. But yeah, I guess I was talking about that. But that, that is a difficult concept to, to understand. I'm still, I'm still learning about that concept to, to, to not think in situations, but, but to think in, in long-term data points, you know, even in, even like 
you start even not just in sales of a product, but businesses that you start. Maybe it's not the first business you start, let alone the first product that you try to sell. Maybe it's like five businesses from now. And, and that's the one that like actually produces um, consistent income. It's, it's, it's tricky um, because I think like in some people's cases, they get really caught up on that one thing, that one entrepreneurial endeavor. But you have to kind of step back and be like, well, you're, if it's your first one, you may just be starting out in, the, in your history of entrepreneurship, especially if your family, especially if you're breaking the mold of, of your generations of family history. I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I come from uh, a line of, of waitresses, uh, a line from uh, uh, immigrants that, that, that lived in, in other places and did other things and not like wealthy, you know, retail estate, uh, not wealthy real estate tycoons. You know what I mean? So you know, if we're breaking generational patterns, it's, uh, it's even more challenging. It's even more challenging. Okay. We covered, um, the first major subsection call, uh, called departure here in this article, uh, the call to adventure, refusal to call supernatural aid, crossing the threshold, belly of the whale. Okay. So meeting the mentor and, um, going over our first obstacle. So, so, we've hit like a major portion of our journey. Next is initiation where we cover, we've already covered road of trials or the first series of tests. We'll cover uh, meeting allies along the journey. Woman as temptress. Uh, the, uh, the temptations to abandon or stray from your mission, which, you know, uh, someone is going to see that as sexist woman as temptress, right? But mythologically speaking, it's it's uh, the sire, the great sirens that in in the Odyssey that Homer wrote about, and and, and you know, to clarify, it specifically mentions towards the end they can manifest itself in other forms, and then give some examples. So it doesn't yeah, have to yeah, be that. It's it, just, it, yeah, mythologically, the the thing that strays you from your journey is not always, or probably not going to be a woman. <laughs> like, I, I don't well, if you're so. younger, it could be. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Or if you're a woman trying to start a business, maybe it's it's a man that 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 gets you know throws you off, um, and changes the outcome of that. So that's not good in terms of relationship <laughs> work. We'll go over that next time. That's not a good thing. Your relationship should support your, your dreams. Um, Atonement with the Father, Apotheosis, and the Ultimate Boon. This is going to be a good next series. Let's just try to cover all the stuff in the next one. Okay. So all uh, of the initiation, right? Yeah. And obviously, we want to thank everyone who is um, subscribing, downloading, listening, and sharing. We appreciate you so much. You can go check out uh, Everything is Your Fault at Amazon.com, where I write about my experience as a monk and the lessons therein. Uh, I guess I write about my journey of the hero 
And um, yeah, we have a lot of episodes. So if this is your first one, um, enjoy going You're back. You're in for a right. Yeah, how much we've evolved through the show and what we've talked about. And this really, this show covers um, everything. And uh, we have other resource links maybe in the show notes that are valuable. I don't know. Oh, my website. And Zenmind Academy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zenmind Academy uh, is a nonprofit that I started to um, start people on the right track of this heroic journey with a formula that, that I think works well. And it's based off of the seven principles that I've come up with that helped me succeed um, from go- growing from immaturity to maturity. And um, it's not just me, but that's kind of like a pattern that I saw in all successful people and, and elite performers from my studies over history. So it's kind of a lot of um, analysis built into those seven um, habits, I guess you could say, that structure uh, um, someone's life to make them a powerful performer. Um, and you have to do it. You have to follow it. Uh, I have clients. This is a side note. You know, I have clients that uh, step on that path and they pay for my services. And then an hour later, they do something else. <laughs> that's not, that's not the idea. The idea is that you start the, the first step, right? Which is waking up early and you finish uh, step number seven, making your life more challenging. And you do that for, you know, a year. And then you can say, yeah, this didn't work, but you need to really obsess over those things for a little while. That's kind of the journey of transformation. Is it, it's, it's not overnight, not even close. And in fact, just when you think that the steps aren't working, it, they actually are. Okay, so that's my end to the show. I rarely do these anymore with these ends, but that I figured I'd throw one in to remind everyone all these resources exist. Uh, we love feedback. So you can find us here and there and uh, reach out and talk to us. We're fairly accessible. Thank you, Rokas. Thank you as well, Raj. And till next week. Ciao. Goodbye.